Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Joel Tillis, and you are listening to The Soul Trap. I had a friend share with me recently that he could not help but feel like the things that he was watching on the news and the things that he was watching take place in our country made him feel like we were simply pawns in a game. A game that is played at a higher level and with darker and more powerful ramifications than we often realize, or rather than we uh, want to realize. And the truth of the matter is, I, I think I concur with him. I believe that we are at the least living in the twilight of the American empire. And at most, we are living in the birth pangs, signaling the quickening and beginning of a new dispensation and the folding away of an old dispensation. Now, I don't think this outlook is just based on personality disposition, although I do think that can be a part of it. I remember watching uh, The X-Files, a TV show back in the uh, early 90s, and the famous poster in the character Fox Mulder's office that showed a UFO, and the phrase underneath of it, I want to believe. I think some people want to believe. And maybe they do so a little too much, if we're honest. Maybe, as I have said before in other broadcasts, our desire to want to believe in something big, something bigger, especially for those of us with a wandering soul, gets us into a little more trouble and, and lends us to, quite frankly, being a little bit more gullible than others. I get that. But once you take into account the power of personality... One has to accept, if one is going to see the world as it truly is, that there is a drama, a war, an unfolding of a universal theme, and we as Bible believers, however insignificant we may feel, are right in the very thick of it. For a long time, we as American believers have had the luxury to observe and comment philosophically on these matters in a very clinical and detached sort of a way. But I don't believe that we can maintain that luxury for very long. In fact, I believe it's over. The dimensional war that has been raging is not going to come to our day-to-day life. It has come to our day-to-day life. And the idea, I think, that some evangelical Christians have of the doctrine of the rapture is simply going to exempt us from any particular tribulation is a faulty understanding both of the tribulation period and, more importantly, a faulty understanding of the doctrine of the rapture itself. In other words, rough times are coming. And just because you're an American does not exclude your eye from that most famous verse in the book of 2 Timothy, Yea, and all that shall live godly shall suffer persecution. That is a fact of life. And I fear we're going to see that sooner in our life than we would like to. Verses like Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, talking about we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Verses like 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 that tell us there is a God of this world serve to remind us of an unseen reality and warfare. But it is the verse in the book of Luke chapter 4 that I think has most bearing on our discussion today. In Luke chapter number 4, we have the interaction of the temptation of Christ by Satan. And the scriptures tell us, in verse number 5, the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Those were literal kingdoms, and I believe not only kingdoms at that time, but kingdoms throughout the ages. 
Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Now that is not a lie. That is not religious hyperbole. And I submit to you that that is one of the most shocking and profound statements and most powerful truths unfolded for us in Scripture on how the world works today. That would not have been a temptation to Jesus Christ had there not been an element of truth to it. And I believe that everything that Satan said in that particular verse was right on the money to a degree. There is a God of this world. There is a spiritual reality behind the nonsense and the insanity that we see being vomited out on us on a daily basis. Behind the talking heads and the filthy politicians, behind the endlessly debated and circular arguments, behind the wars and economic booms and busts, behind the banking cartels and the drug cartels, the CIA, the alphabet organizations that nobody knows about, behind it all, ladies and gentlemen, is the occult, the hidden ones, the princes of Persia and Greece, of Gog and Magog, and yes, the prince of America. We only see the visible layer. It's easier. It's more comfortable to our lives to assume and even fight for the reality of the seen only. But that's not Bible. There is always, when enough digging is done, a vein, a core, a soil out of which spiritual darkness and reality of powerful beings that are at root of the forces at play in mankind's unfolding drama, it is always there. Rarely are we afforded such obvious revelations and examples of this, but occasionally throughout history there is such a breaking forth of the occult and dark powers that it shows us in a snapshot of time what is taking place in the reality of eternity. Now, For our case study of this today, I point out to you Nazi Germany and Hitler. Of course, it's easy now to see the spiritual forces at work, but at the time, however, when you read those that were alive at the time and involved, though he was a madman, though there was political war raging on, though there were issues at stake, the spiritual uh, factor of the whole thing was not near as clear as it is to us now. Now with research and time and history, we have the clarity of hindsight, and we see that there was something darker, there was something occult taking place. And in a brief analysis of Nazi Germany, I think we have a glimpse into modern America and the occult-driven direction we are headed, and that is the point of what we're talking about today. Whether it is the changing of homosexual uh, uh, marriage, a transformation of marriage between a man and a woman to be whatever you want it to be, whether it's abortion, uh, whether it's the division of our races, whatever it be, I submit to you that behind the scenes there is an occult spirit driving what we're seeing taking place. And it is a faulty construct, it is a faulty rubric for Christians to assume that it is political, that it is conservative versus liberal. Those things are simply icing, but the meat, the cake, the root... Is always spiritual. If one wants to understand Nazi, Nazi Germany, you have to understand the occult. 
The birth of the Nazi party is deeply intertwined, if not directly related to the Thule Society. The Thule Society was a secret society that was in pursuit of occult esoteric knowledge. Formed as far as we know about 1914, and it grew to over 1,500 members at the highest levels of the community. Its membership was varied from all different people. The rich, judges, lawyers, police, university professors, scientists, physicians, and businessmen, entertainers, a long list of people, but all of them in key positions to direct and shape the future events and designs of the nation of Germany. The Occultic Thule Society was named after the mystical Hyperborean Aryan culture that is alleged to have existed northwest of Norway sometime before the dawn of history. The Hyperboreans were the root race that spawned the current Homo sapiens. Now this is all very familiar sounding myth to anyone who knows a little bit about global anthropological mythology. I suggest to you that there was and always has been a direct connection between the gods Genesis calls them the sons of gods, the, being from off, the beings from off-world, who are able to manifest themselves to man. They're able to manifest themselves in powerful ways, and you find this in almost all early mythology. In fact, Satan himself, as I have stated, did not tempt Eve with being God, the true God. That was not the temptation. He stated to her, ye shall be as gods. She had to have been familiar with these beings for that to be a valid temptation. And I submit, when you study mythology, when you study anthropology, and when you study the scriptures, you find that there have always been these beings behind the scenes. Now, the Thule Society believed it descended from the Aryans, a race of Caucasian supermen that lived nearly a million years ago. The Thules were also radically preoccupied with a hatred and desire for the extinction of the Jewish race. Thule, as was believed and taught by the society, was a lost island inhabited by an ancient race that were quote-unquote masters of wisdom, much like the mythology of Atlantis and very similar to what, as we stated just a moment ago, many other anthropological peoples from Native American Indians to Chinese claim always claiming and talking about the star people that came down from the heavens to mankind. Now, these masters of wisdom were not silly little, uh, you know, parlor trick kind of a things like you see on TV when it comes to uh, demonic possession and all that kind of stuff, sliding a chair across the floor, uh, shutting a door, all that kind of stuff. That's not what they were involved in. These masters of being, these spiritual wickedness in high places, were powerful unseen beings with a vastly superior intelligence, always working behind the scenes and manifesting and revealing themselves only to those who would fully give themselves over to them, to those who would allow possession of the masters into their bodies and minds. That was what the Thule Society believed. Now, if one wants to lay the blame for millions and get that number, millions of Jewish deaths and millions of other non-Jewish deaths at the feet of someone, it could very easily and should be very easily laid at the feet of three men, Hitler, Himmler, and Goebbels. 
These three men have the distinction of being some of the most bloody men, if not the most bloody men in human history. And they also have fundamentally two things in common. A, they were all Catholic. And B, they were all occultic. And the two are not that far apart in reality and spiritual darkness. And I'd be willing to bet you just about everything I have in my pocket right now that I could show you that occult practice and that Catholic practice cropping up in the book of Revelation and in the seven-year tribulation period. Everything comes around, ladies and gentlemen. There's no new thing under the sun. And just because we don't see it absolutely clear, as Paul said, for now we see through a glass darkly, doesn't mean that the image on the other side that you're seeing is not what it is. Now, it's well documented that the occult books were some of Hitler's favorite reading. In fact, it was in the early 1920s that Dietrich Eckhart introduced Hitler to The Secret Doctrines, a book written by Madame Blavatsky. One author says, He, Hitler, was taught the master's secrets by Professor General Karl Hauschofer who was a member of the Berlin Lodge of the Vril Society. One of the primary qualifications for one to be admitted to the Vril Society was to have a minimum ability in Madame Blavatsky's secret doctrine. Karl Hauschofer was alleged to be a master of the secret doctrines espoused by Madame Blavatsky, and it was he who initiated prisoner Adolf Hitler at Landsberg Prison. The story goes on to say, that in 1918, Hauschofer went to live in Munich, which became a center of attraction for all manner of occultists, racists, groups of those kind which were eventually formed into secret societies. General Hauschofer eventually became one of the earliest members of the fledgling German Workers' Party, which is the group that changed its name to the National Socialist German Workers' Party, the Nazi Party, when Hitler became its leader. Now get that. This General Hauschofer, who was deeply entwined in the Thule Society, deeply intertwined in the Vril Society, he became one of the founding leaders of the Nazi political group. And here is the key thing that you have to understand. It is important to see that behind these political parties were people that were occultic in nature. Certainly not all, but there were people at the highest and most influential levels that were directly connected to and involved with demonic beings posing as masters of wisdom. These were the people that were shaping the political movements, the political parties, the political direction of the nation of Germany. Now, I have to ask this question. Do you honestly think that those beings just stopped with Germany? Hitler is gone, but where are the demons and those who were directly involved with him and the leaders of those political parties? Where are they? Are they in America? Are they in Iran? Are they in China? Where are those masters of wisdom? And what foul and devilish work are they doing today? Could it be that they are inhabiting the Supreme Court? Could it be that they are inhabiting the halls of our government? Could it be that they are inhabiting the very recesses and corners of the world that shape and move the political direction of the world? 
I submit to you as a Bible answer, you cannot but say yes. In 1918, at the age of 29, Hitler claimed to hear voices announcing that he was, quote, selected by God to be Germany's Messiah. According to a book called The Twisted Cross, Hitler was later contacted by what he called an ascended master, whom he identified as no less than Lucifer. Hitler took what Madame Blavatsky and others taught and made it his own in practice. An author, Arthur Cumbie, Secrets, who wrote the book Secrets of the Rainbow, notes this in his book, quote, Hitler rightly believed he had established communication with Lucifer from whom he openly coveted possession. Gary Carr writes, Hitler derived his Genesis theories and the notion of a race of mankind that was guided by superior beings, Übermenschen, the German word, supermen, who live in remote areas of the world such as the Gobi Desert and the Himalayan nation of Tibet. He derived all of this from occultic writings and teachings. Now again, We do well to stop and recognize that war and politics, government and society, all were shaped by a few men directly connected with powerful beings, dimensional beings, spiritual wickedness in high places. And when we look today with frustration at the insanity of our world currently unfolding, we need to look with spiritual eyes that there are indeed men, real flesh and bone men behind the scenes, directly connected and under the power of satanic control, for the kingdoms are his, and he is able to give it to whomsoever he will. Occultism played an undeniable role in the drive and philosophy of Hitler, and one would have to ask, uh, though we don't see it now on the front page, how much is occultism, spiritualism, demonic forces playing a driving role in the political direction and the political futures of our own country. Does it make sense, the things that we see? Right being called wrong, wrong being called right. The very foundations and fabric of our society being turned upside down. Are the people on the other side simply politically naive? Are they simply communists or progressives or liberals or neocons or republicans? Are those simply just political ideas that drive people? Or is there something deeper, sinister, more nefarious? Occultism played an undeniable role in the drive and philosophy of Hitler. In fact, it is well known that when U.S. Army historians cataloged Hitler's personal library, they found numerous occultic volumes heavily annotated in Hitler's handwriting. Among the books that uh, Hitler kept by his bedside was the occult standard, The Secret Doctrine, by Madame Helen P. Blavatsky. But Hitler's occult involvement is not simply a matter of opinion or hearsay. He tells us in his own words. Hitler wrote, and I quote, Anyone who interprets National Socialism merely as a political movement knows almost nothing about it. It is more than religion. It is the determination to create a new man. All of the force of creation will be concentrated in a new species which will surpass infinitely modern man. Do you now understand the profound meaning of our National Socialist 
movement, end quote. You might have thought it was political. You might have thought it was Nazism versus communism versus capitalism. All of those things were true on the surface. But underneath, underneath was a powerful spiritual force. One of the Thule Society's major power players was Dietrich Eckhart, who believed that Hitler was the Maitreya, the enlightened Buddhist messiah. He was supposedly told in a seance that Lord Maitreya would soon make his appearance as a German messiah to, quote, lead the Aryan race to final victory over the Jews. So convinced was he of Hitler's messianic power that on his deathbed in 1923, he stated, follow Hitler, he will dance, but it is I who have called the tune, for I have initiated him into the secret doctrine. Again, I bring you back to this point. This kind of thing that originated in Germany, was it simply political? Was it simply opinion? No. No, it was something far darker. And I would submit to you that this kind of thing was not isolated to Germany. I suppose you could track it, certainly you could, according to the Bible, to Babylon, Persia, Greece, Antichius Epiphanes, Egypt. But what about Prussia and Russia? What about uh, the rise of the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia? The rise of red, China, red communism in China? What about the rest of the world? My question is, did this, was this simply an anomaly? Was Germany simply an anomaly? We look at the occult involvement. We look at the spiritual powers, the darkness that moved there. Was that simply an anomaly, a blip on the radar screen of human history? Or was that really a glimpse into how things actually were? I believe we're living in a far more occultic world than we realize, and it is far more real according to the Bible than we often deal with. Unfortunately, today's society, or I should say as in today's Christianity, we have made the Bible sort of a spiritual chicken soup for the soul. We have failed in many instances, not all, but in many instances, to apply the real message and power of the spiritual world both now and to come. And I fear we're paying the price for it. Rauschning, who was one of Hitler's closest associates before he defected to the West, said, One cannot help but think of him as a medium. Beyond any doubt, Hitler was possessed by forces outside of himself. Hudson Stuart Chamberlain was an English occult author who wrote Keys to Human History. He believed in a personal, mystical connection to the pan-German movement. He spoke of Hitler as an awakener of souls, the vehicle of messianic powers. It has been reported in other books and periodicals and by other authors that often Hitler, into the hours of the night, would weep and cry and moan and scream in terror of beings and people that were being his room. Often it was said that he carried on long, extensive conversations in private with nobody that was there. In Mein Kampf, in Mein Kampf, he actually wrote, and I quote now, This corrosive fight for the new program 
a new view of life demands determined fighters and a forceful fighting organization. The recipe for a favorable result requires the formulation of a declaration of war against all existing order, religions, and doctrines, and against all existing conceptions of life in general. Hitler was not a madman. Hitler was not merely anti-Semitic. He was not delusional. Hitler was a man in direct contact and under the direct control of the powers of darkness, accomplishing what those powers wanted him to do under the supreme and sovereign permissive will of God. I submit to you that that's what we're facing today. So, what are we to draw from this? Well, I think, first of all, what you are seeing take place on the news screen every night, from race division to homosexual marriage to abortion, is not purely political. It's not conservative versus liberal. It is an intentional demonic design to transform the fundamentals of life to call good evil and evil good. And that leads me to the second thought, and that is, there is a spiritual reality that we must be aware of. A war that is raging that we have to recognize. We have to fight and train our mind to the reality of the Bible, and not simply the mundane experiences of our day-to-day life. And I know of no better way to do this than to simply continually draw our mind into a deep walk with Christ. We need a revival of sacrifice. We need a revival of fasting. We need a revival of spiritual disciplines that wean us from the fat and the filth of this world and the debauchery of and the narcissism of ourself and begin to help us to draw nutrients from living a truly spiritually oriented life. I also believe that we cannot affect society directly. Only indirectly. America as a nation was Christian because America as a people was Christian. I know that's a general statement as to the individuals, but it is an accurate statement as to the corporate entity of the nation. The only hope we have is to return to the means of the book of Acts, to the simple yet powerful means that transform lives through the gospel. But as much as I hate to admit this, I do believe that the option for revival and the option for the salvaging of the United States of America, that option has come and gone. And Christians had better start recognizing the environment in which we are living in. We are not living in the 50s or the 90s Christianity. We better start changing our mindset from building programs and Sunday school programs and all of these kind of things, which in and of themselves are not necessarily bad, but we had better change our mindset to recognize we are operating underneath a government, underneath a world, underneath a reality that is just as hostile, just as vicious, and just as wicked as the Roman Empire from which we were seated and birthed as a Christian movement. I also think that believers individually and churches corporately should begin making sincere preparations for the struggles that are coming. Jobs will be lost. People will be jailed. 
Schools are going to be shut down. Tax breaks are going to be removed. Fines are going to be levied. Businesses will be closed. Families will be separated. Preachers are going to be arrested. Uh, Things are going to get rough. And it is only our strength in Christ and our commitment to the gospel that will see us through these tough years ahead. And lastly, I would say this. We need to remember that though the hour may appear dark, it does so only if we see through natural eyes alone. If all we see is political losses here and Supreme Court judgment rulings that go against us here and and sorry politicians that are elected here and all of those kind of things, if that's all we see, then we'll feel defeated and live defeated. But my dear friend, we need to see him who is invisible as Moses did. We need to see with spiritual eyes. Soon, I believe soon, the Savior is coming. I believe that this dispensation will end soon and we will see the culmination of the promises of Christ and we shall be forever victorious. I believe that with all of my heart, not because I want to believe it or I like to believe it. I believe it because that's a promise of Christ and all the promises of God in Christ are yea and amen. So see with spiritual eyes, believe, and recognize, and know that There is a fight going on. It may feel like you're losing the fight if you only see it politically. But if you see it from the eyes of Christ, if you see it through the eyes of the King, you'll know that we're just one step away. One loud trumpet. One grand shout. One glorious translation away from victory. So look with spiritual eyes. And know that victory is on the way. But in the meantime, in the meantime, you and I need to make sure that we hold the line. Because the fight is at the door.